All right, you can just all listen in to what I'm trying to teach the kids this morning. The topic that we have for this morning is tree. Tree. Now, what do you first think of if you hear the word tree? At what? A Christmas tree. We don't have one, by the way. We don't have a Christmas tree up here, but Christmas tree, right? Actually, that's not what I'm thinking of. What other tree could you be thinking of? Apple tree? Pine tree? Yeah, those are all kinds of trees, but I'm not actually thinking about a literal tree. I'm thinking about an other kind of tree. What kind of tree could it be? I brought it this morning. A family tree, that's right. I brought a family tree this morning. You see this? This is actually part of my wife's family tree. She's somewhere in here. I don't know exactly where we'd have to go search for her, but she's on somewhere in here. This is a family tree. What does a family tree do? It tells you the story of your family. That's right. Yes. So who you, well, you know your parents, right? Okay. But what about your grandparents? You know your grandparents? Okay, of course. What about your grand, great-grandparents? Do you know them? Do you have any great-grandparents? You knew of them? Do you know their names? It gets hard, doesn't it? You know the names of your parents, of course, and of your grandparents, but you come to your great-grandparents. Oh, let me think about that. I remember my great-grandma, when I was about your age, she was still alive. She was in her 80s, but I don't even know her name anymore. I'd have to go search as well, because we tend to forget, right? So what do family trees help us do? They help us remember who they are. That's right. I want to talk to you about Jesus' family tree today. But before we get there, I brought my family tree. There's a book uh, about my family, and my last name is Boykert, you know. It's a unique name. You don't actually find it a lot it, all over the world. There's only a few families by that name. And so it's kind of easier to trace. But if you trace your family, if you go back in the past and look at some of the, the stories of the people who lived before you, you find out some funny things or some interesting things. Like what's on this picture? What do you see? No, it's not a horse. Does it look like a horse? It's, it's an ar- a coat of arms, and there's a lion with holding a baby. It, you can look at it later, okay? It's a lion holding a baby. Now, why is there a lion holding a baby? Well, there's a story behind this. In 1685, one of my forefathers, there was a, they lived in a town in Switzerland, and there was a fire that raged throughout the town. And there's about 15 homes that were totally destroyed in that little town. And he, he went into one of the homes, and there was a baby that was still in the house. And he went into the house, and he saved the baby, brought it back out. Why is it a lion? It saved him from the fire, the baby. Because the baby was still in the house, and there was a fire burning. And so he went into the house and saved the baby, brought it back out to the parents. So he was like a lion, right? The lion is courageous, holding a baby. So my coat of arms, our family's coat of arms, is a lion holding a baby. And there's other stories, but we don't have time to look at all the stories uh, with that. So, um, many times when we start with the Christmas story, and I brought some figurines that you're familiar with, where does the Christmas story start? With what? Yeah, but who's the first one that we know about? 
Who appeared to who? The angel appeared to Mary. That's right. And what did he tell Mary? You're going to have a baby. That's right. Right. And then the angel appeared to who next? There's Joseph. So then he appeared to Joseph, who are there, right? And then when baby was, Jesus was supposed close to be being born, where did they go? They went to Bethlehem, and there Jesus was born. Right. Then the angels appeared one more time to who? No. They appeared to the shepherds. That's right, the shepherds. And they went to see Jesus as well. This is basically the Christmas story, isn't it? But you know what we forget? No. Actually, the wise men came in later. Okay, the wise men are not really part of the Christmas story. They came in a little bit later, maybe a year or two later. Uh, they, when, it's when they came in. So we can still put the wise men there. But what I think what we forget is actually the story of Jesus' family. You know, the family tree. Did you know that Matthew began his gospel or began the Christmas story not with Mary and Joseph first, but he told them first about Jesus' background who his parents were, his grandparents, his great-great-parents, on and on, all the way to Abraham. Now Luke goes all the way to Adam and then says, Jesus is the son of God. So Jesus is both. He's the son of God. He's also the son of Abraham. Now why are family trees important? That you can remember the family and you can also remember what the people did. Okay? Because there's some imp important people that are there. And that connects you with the past, okay, with the promises that God gave. Uh, I remember a story in the Philippines. I read it in a book that happened in the Philippines. There was a tribal people in the Philippines, and they had not heard the gospel yet. So some missionaries went and told them the gospel of Jesus. Now, if you were to go to people and tell them the gospel of Jesus, what would you tell them? What would you tell them about Jesus? That he was born, right? You would tell the Christmas story. You would tell the story of the miracles of Jesus, like what kind of miracles did Jesus do? He rose people from the dead. That's right. He walked on water. He multiplied food. He healed the sick, the blind, the lame. Those are all stories. And then, of course, he died on the cross for our sins. Those are all stories about Jesus. And so when the missionaries told him the stories, they said, oh, these are neat stories. You know, they're cute stories, but they don't apply to us. You know, they thought they were like stories, just myths or, or fables. What the missionaries did, did next, they started to translate the Bible. And they began with Matthew. So they translated Matthew, which is what? Matthew 1, it's the story of Jesus' family, the family tree. When the people read it, they said, Are you meaning to say that Jesus was a real person? He had parents and great-grandparents and great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandparents? Yeah, 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 it does, Absolutely. Oh, so he was a real person. You know, to them that was like stories, but Jesus really was, truly, he lived. And we see this in the family tree. Now, here's what Matthew says. Do we have that up on the screen or not, the Bible verses? Okay, Matthew chapter 1, I can't see him, but okay, I'll just read them then. Matthew chapter 1, here's what, I'm not going to read the whole family tree, okay? There's actually 42 generations. I'm not going to read them all, but here's how Matthew concludes it. He says, there were 14 generations from Abraham all the way to David. That's the first group. 
the second group from David to the exile to Babylon, and the third group, 14 generations from the exile to Jesus. Now, here, I want you to make, imagine this like a picture. Can you see a, a bridge? Can you imagine a bridge, okay? A bridge has what? It has a beginning point and, and then it leads somewhere, right? Okay? At the end point is who? It's Jesus, right? So Jesus was born. But who's at the beginning? Not us, no. Abraham. Abraham. So there's 42 generations who lived all the way from Abraham, and they pointed to Jesus. All of them pointed to Jesus that at some point God will send the Messiah. He will send the Savior. He will come into the world. Now Matthew says it begins with who? With Abraham. Why is that important? If you look up there, it says in the next verse, Genesis chapter 12, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you and all peoples on earth will be blessed because of you. So what did God promise Abraham? That he would bless him and that he'll make him a blessing for all the world. Now how did God do that? How did God bless everyone in the world? How do you think? Through who? How did he bless us? Through his son Jesus, right? So Abraham wasn't actually that blessing. He was just at the beginning and he pointed to the blessing. He pointed to the one who was to come. Then Abraham had a son. His name was Isaac. Isaac had a son. His name was Jacob. Here's what God told Jacob. He says, the scepter, which is what? What's the scepter? It's like a crown, okay? The scepter will not depart from Judah nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until he comes. He comes to whom it belongs, for the obedience of the nations is his. Now, who's supposed to come? The king, right? So it says, there will be one who will come, and that's the king. So God chose Abraham, and he gave him promises, and these promises went on to the next generations. There's 14 generations of the patriarchs, 14 generations until the kings were they the Messiah? Was any of them Jesus? No, no. They pointed to Jesus, but they were not Jesus himself. So 14 generations. And then it's that the next group starts with David. Why do you think it starts with David? Who's David? Yeah, he's the one that got the guy with the sling who killed Goliath. That's right. And what did he become later? He became king. Was he the first king? No, I was actually the second king, right? But what? Well, who's the first king? Saul. Saul was the first king. Was Saul from the line of Judah? No, he wasn't. He was from Benjamin. So actually the promise was not to come through Saul, but he had to come through Judah. And so God chose David. And David was a man after God's own heart. And again, David pointed to Jesus. Do you know what they called Jesus or sometimes what Jesus would call himself when he talked about himself? The son of David. The son of David. Why would Jesus call himself the son of David? That's right. One of his fathers was David. And also because God had given so many promises to David 
that Jesus then fulfilled. You know, look at these promises. There's two I want to point to. There's many that we could talk about. But in Isaiah chapter 9, it says, He, which is Jesus, will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. So who will Jesus be? He will be the king when he is born. He was born king forever. Not just for then, but forever. He is king of kings and lord of lords. And Jeremiah says, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up to David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. So there was 14 generations of kings. David, Solomon, Rehoboam, and so on. There was 14 generations of king until the last king, and his name was Jehoiakim. Jehoiakim was taken captive. He was taken into captivity to Babylon. He was 18 years old when he went to, into captivity, and they threw him in jail. You know how long? He had to be in jail? 35 years. He was in jail for 35 years. Then when he was like 52, 53 years old, the king said, he released him and said, now you can live with me. I'm going to provide for you and do, I'm going to be good to you now. And so then he married and he had a son and his name was Shealtiel. Kind of interesting names, right? Shealtiel. So the third group begins with Shealtiel who was born in the captivity Shealtiel had a son, and his name was, that's an even funnier name, Serubabel. I hope I say that right. No, I didn't even know how I'm supposed to say that name, but his name was Serubabel. Again, God gave promises. Look and, look, listen to these promises in Haggai. He says, I will shake the nations, and the desire of all nations will come. Who is the desire of all nations? That's Jesus, right? The one we're waiting for. He will come. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. On that day, declares the Lord Almighty, I will take you, my servant, Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, declares the Lord, and I will make you like my signet ring, for I have chosen you, declares the Lord Almighty. So again, God told him, I have chosen you. You belong to me. You're my signet ring, like you have a ring that you sign with. But was he really the Redeemer? Was he really the Savior? No. No. So they pointed to Jesus, all of them. So can you see this bridge? Can you see the bridge? So it begins with Abraham, and there's 14 generations leading to David, 14 generations leading to Shealtiel, 14 generations leading to who? Jesus. So 42 generations, and they all point to who? They all point to Jesus. They're saying, we're not it. We're not it. He's still coming. He's still coming. And then Jesus came. See, Matthew begins the story of Christmas with a family tree. Why? Because he wants you to understand the story behind his coming. He wants you to see the promises that were fulfilled when Jesus came. Along the way, promises were given. And then Jesus came and all of these promises were fulfilled when Jesus came into the world. Do you see how important a family tree could be? Here's my suggestion. When you go home later, why don't you paint a family tree or make a family tree? And then, do you have a manger scene at home? Something, a nativity scene? Why don't you put the tree behind the manger scene? Because the background of the Christmas story is the Old Testament. 
The background of the story of Jesus that was fulfilled when he came into this world are the promises of God that all came true when Jesus came into this world. That's the meaning of the family tree. Let's pray. Jesus, we worship you this morning. We thank you that you came into this world because you loved us so much. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Thank you for giving us your son. And you, Jesus, were born a baby 2,000 years ago in a manger in Bethlehem. But now you reign forever and ever. You're King of kings and Lord of lords. And we believe that you will come back again. As you, as you departed and went into heaven, so you shall return again. And the plan of God, the ultimate redemption of God, will be fulfilled through you, Jesus. Let us remember this Christmas season. It's not about us. It's not about the gifts. It's not about the food. It really is ultimately about the story of God. It's the story of God, the story of redemption that you fulfill, have fulfilled through your son, Jesus Christ. I pray for us this, this season, Lord. I pray that you will open our hearts and I pray you give us understanding. I pray for all of our children, Lord. I pray that you will draw them to yourself. I pray you help them to understand that you are waiting as well for them, that they would believe in you and follow you and come to you just like the shepherds came to you that they would bow down at your feet and worship you together. We thank you, Jesus, for this day, and thank you for the opportunity we have to worship you today in this house. We praise in Jesus' name. Amen.